Second Timothy tells us this. All scripture is from God. And if we believe that, then we have to believe all scripture, the entire Bible. There's a time to give, but there's also a time to sell. There's a season for everything. So some of us listen to this right now. It's like your season to sell. It's harvest season. We've got this stuff now. What do we have? Even if you don't have a lot, what do you have? Do you have a jar of oil? Something so simple like that. What do you have? So look inside yourself. Like I'm just, I need to have a business idea. I, I'm looking, I'm, I'm constantly searching, searching, searching. What do you have? Take some time, ask Holy Spirit, just ask yourself, what do you have? And then figure out how we can monetize that. This is what I love. This is what I geek out to, guys. So hit me up on this if, this, if you're concerned of like, I don't know, I'm good at this, or I'm not sure about this. We have analysis that'll teach you or give you an understanding of what you're good at. And then we can walk down that path. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. What's up, champion? Riley Meek here, and I want to tell you about our upcoming GoPro in Life Virtuals Challenge on Monday, November 8th. We've got an amazing list of speakers, such as best-selling authors David Harris Jr. and John Gordon. We're also going to have my brother in Christ and business partner, Super Bowl champion Steve Weatherford during this virtual challenge. And of course, yours truly, I'm going to be bringing the heat to the virtual stage to help you unlock your God-given talents. And the best part about it is this is all for free. That's right. It's free for everybody to come and learn from some of the most successful people in the world right now in taking your life to the next level. So if you're ready to stop playing small and ready to become a pro in your life, text me the words Go Pro to 727-472-3860, and I'll send you the link today. Now that's Go Pro to the number 727-472-3860. 
and claim your spot for the GoPro in life virtual challenge on Monday, November 8th. We'll see you in the episode. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we are diving into a second part of really a two-part series on sales. I talked about this last week and really how the Bible is pro-sales. The Bible's pro-sales. And I made the commitment last week that I was going to sell you on the fact that the Bible is pro-sales. So this is a continuation of that. If you're not quite there yet, follow me on this today. But again, the reason I believe this, obviously it's in the Bible, it's backed by scripture, but everything that we do, we're in sales. We are in sales. I've jokingly said this many times, but I am constantly selling my wife on why she shouldn't leave me. I'm in sales. If you are in any sort of relationship, you're selling somebody something. You're looking to influence them in something. But at the end of the day, it's not to manipulate them or convince them of something that's not in their best interest. If you guys remember, my definition of sales was it's influencing a situation, but it's always in the best interest. We're creating an environment that's in the best interest for the customer, the consumer, the end user, whatever that is. If that's your spouse, your kiddos, your employees, because at the end of the day, as we talked about too, the root word of sell is sellier, that Norwegian root word, which means to serve. All right. So as you guys know, the Bible's our template for how we do everything. It goes into play of how we run our business, how we operate our families, how we approach marriage, any sort of relationship. And sales is no different. That's where we're getting this from. And if you really truly think about this, Jesus was in sales. Yeah, Jesus was in sales. Follow me on this, guys, because the core of it, I mean, he was the ultimate salesman. Ultimate. He sold something that people needed, but at first they didn't even know that they wanted it, let alone needed it. Think about that. Like People buy what they want, not what they need. So he had to explain and create an environment that they wanted it. He wasn't selling a product or a service. He was selling himself. And so he came to die on the cross for us, to take away the sins of this world. And so he had to sell that to first off to his disciples and then to everybody else that that we are continually selling. And remember, selling means to serve. We are teaching people about this. We are producing the fruit in our life, creating that environment that people want what we have. Again, whether you own your own business or not, you are an entrepreneur. And the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs aren't comfortable with selling is that they simply, they struggle to do it well. And the, their perception of it is maybe that it's a, a negative thing or it's, they've had bad experiences with this. But at the end of the day, we're following the Bible and biblical principles of what sales actually is. And we are all called to sell. We are all called to sell. Yes, we are also called to give. We're called to give. But remember this, we can't give what we haven't got. Acts 20.35 tells us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. It says, freely I receive, so freely I give. But again, we can't give anything that we don't get. And when I actually think of this, I think of the rich young ruler. You guys have all probably heard or familiar with this story. 
And if we look at some scripture specifically, what happened was the rich young ruler was like, I followed all these commands. You know, Jesus had basically said, do not murder, do not commit adultery, all these things. He's like, I've done all of these, Lord, but what else do I need to do? He says, I've kept all of these. I'll read it specifically. Teacher, I've kept all of these from my youth. And then looking at him, Jesus showed love and said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell, sell all that you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Sell and give to the poor. He didn't just say give to the poor, right? Because he had to get something in order to give it. Now, first off, I want to be clear. This was a heart issue for the rich young ruler. He did everything. He kept all the commandments, yet his heart was still with his treasure. This isn't a scripture that talks about having treasure is bad or having possessions is bad. Now, if those possessions and that treasure has your heart, Jesus is going to tell you, sell that stuff and come follow me. But it's not bad to have that as long as Jesus still has your heart. That was the heart issue of the rich young ruler. So he said, okay, if you want to do this, I'm telling you what to do. Go and sell and then give to the poor. The ruler was still essentially serving money in this situation by having those possessions own him versus serving God. If you've heard any of our other discussions on this and biblical entrepreneurship and in the concepts of money, we know that you cannot serve two masters, can't serve both God and money. So what we have to do is continually and always serve God and then make money serve us. God's big on giving. Yes, absolutely. But you guys know we can't give because think of it right now. How many of you would love to give more? How many would love to stroke that check? You got your tithe check, but then how about giving above and beyond that? How about, I would love to just stroke a check for uh, $100,000 to your favorite charity, to a missions trip, to the family next door. You'd love to pay their debt off. Why don't you do that? Just think about it. If that's your heart, why don't you do that? If that's what you want to do, why don't you do that? Because you don't got it. I get it. Like I want to do so much more that I don't have yet. So I know that I still have to go get in order to give. As kings on this earth, we are called to do so. And if you're a female, you can still operate as a king, as a king of being able to take dominion, to take territory, to operate and to, to make money, to produce wealth. We all have that ability. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, but that king, that concept of being a king on this earth, we are called to make money. But most important in this is we have to be serving God in this process. Money has to serve us, and ultimately, we have to be serving God. And here's how I know this. Uh, first off, money exposed a lot of who I was. And when I learned that, it's the great magnifier. When I learned that, I found out a lot of things that I didn't like about myself. And thank God, thank God he brought me through this process to fully understand how this works in this concept of getting in order to give. I got to go get so I can give. And that's my philosophy. So of all the companies and the businesses that we're building in the kingdom economy, the goal is, yes, we're providing amazing products, amazing services to people, but the goal is to get in order to give. If your philosophy is like, I only want to get enough just for myself, come on. I would argue, because here's this philosophy that kind of goes throughout the American church today, is that you're only looking to serve money. You're only wanting to make money. You're greedy. You're all about money, money, money. Well, first off, it takes a lot of money to be the Good Samaritan. 
We know you got to make money. If God has told us, Jesus has literally said to go and do likewise, it takes money to do that. So if your goal is only to make enough money to pay your bills, I would argue that you're the most selfish person on the planet. (laughs) I know that's pretty extreme, but come on. If your goal is only to provide for you and your loved ones, what are you doing? You're not making any sort of impact. We have to expand our vision to fulfill the mission that God has given us on this earth. Expand your vision to fulfill your mission. We got to get in order to give. And Proverbs eleven twenty six tells us this. I mentioned this last week. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Not gives it, but him who sells it. The person that sells is blessed. If you're providing a product or a service and people need it, they want it. When we sell it, we are blessed, especially in a time of need. So replace grain in this scripture. The people curse them who holds back grain, but a blessing on the head of him who sells it. So replace grain with whatever your product or service is. If it's insurance, if it's cars, it doesn't matter. Replace that. If you sell something in a time of need, you just bless that family in their time of need. You exchanged a resource, a talent, money, whatever that is, and you are blessed because of that. So if you're listening to this, I want to ask you this. Did you have a business that you're selling something? If you have that business in which you're selling something, or can you create a business which you're selling something so that you can give? Let's start to position our minds. I never set an income goal without first setting a giving goal. I would suggest a lot of you do this as well. All of you do this as well. I never, I want to be clear on this. I never set an income goal without first setting a giving goal. No matter if I'm casting vision for my business, for just in anything, like I want to know what is this producing. When God blesses me with this, when God blesses me with this, I'm going to be able to give all of these different things. But it starts with the little things. We don't, because here's another thing I want to just touch base on, because a lot of Christians are like this. And we say, well, when I get, then I will give. It is true. You have to get in order to give, but you've got something. Right now, you have something you are only going to reap what you sow. So if you have a little bit right now, you got to sow. It doesn't matter. I'm going to explain this specifically here with the widow's olive oil. It's like, what do you have right now that you can sow into that God can replicate? We serve a God of multiplication. This ain't like one plus one equals two. No, this is like one plus one equals 100 equals 1,000 equals 10,000 equals 1 million and billion. That's the God that we serve, a God of more than enough. I want to make sure that that's clear. It's easy to cast vision. It's like, well, yeah, when I get all this, then I can be generous. No, if you're not generous now with who you are right now, you're never going to be generous when you get. And first off, that ain't generosity. If you're only giving out of your over and abundance, that ain't generosity. That's just like above and beyond, right? Generosity is, is sacrifice and giving out of something that you might not have a lot of, but you're still giving. Second Kings chapter four, I'm going to read this specifically. It says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. 
but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves. And Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Note that. What do you have in your house? She said, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of olive oil. Here's what Elijah said. Go and ask all your neighbors for their empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left them. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all those jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he then replied, there is not a jar left. Right then, the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man and said, and here's what the man said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So the creditor came coming. Here's the thing. Elijah didn't give her money. So some of us, we have a lot of friends and family members that are maybe struggling and are just asking for money. I even think of like the guys on the the side of the street, they want money. They just give me money just so I can eat today. Now, we may need to provide an immediate need, but at the end of the day, we have to make them self-sustaining or they have to have a desire to make themselves self-sustaining. So what Elijah did is he gave her an idea for a business, an idea. And then he said, go sell that oil and pay your debts. It was pretty simple. He didn't say, go give the oil away. He said, sell it to the people who need it and you will be blessed. She didn't give it to them. She sold it to them. So again, God has created us to be givers. Yes, we know that we are more blessed to give than to receive. That's in our spiritual DNA. But if all scripture is given from God, 2 Timothy tells us this, All scripture is from God. And if we believe that, then we have to believe all scripture, the entire Bible. There's a time to give, but there's also a time to sell. There's a season for everything. So some of us listen to this right now. It's like your season to sell. It's harvest season. We've got this stuff now. What do we have? Even if you don't have a lot, what do you have? Do you have a jar of oil? Something so simple like that. What do you have? So look inside yourself. Be like, I'm just, I need to have a business idea. I, I'm looking, I'm, I'm constantly searching, searching, searching. What do you have? Take some time, ask Holy Spirit, just ask yourself, what do you have? And then figure out how we can monetize that. This is what I love. This is what I geek out to, guys. So hit me up on this if, this, if you're concerned of like, I don't know, I'm good at this, or I'm not sure about this. We have analysis that'll teach you or give you an understanding of what you're good at. And then we can walk down that path. God's given you giftings and talents and blessings. Sometimes we just need somebody else to pull it out of us. I mean, that's truthfully what we do within the King's Councils. We want to pull that out. We want to find that greatness inside of you because every single one of you has greatness inside of you. Okay, so I know I'm going on a long rant on this, guys, but I want to get this so crystal clear. We are called to sell. Some of us, maybe you're even struggling with, I don't know if I should sell this or give it away. feel like this is just something that is a common thing, especially in ministry or business tree, right? Like we just want to give, 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 give. But at the end of the day, people who pay, pay attention. I'm going to say it again. People who pay, 
pay attention. So if you're just giving your stuff away, they attach and attribute zero value to it. So nice of you to do that, but they didn't have no skin in the game. They're not taking it seriously. So don't feel bad for charging for your products or services. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are blessed when we sell in a time of need. So if you have a business opportunity, sell it to somebody that needs it. If you have a t-shirt company, sell it to somebody that needs it. If you have a supplement company, sell those to somebody that needs it and you will be blessed. All right. So going off of last week, I want to make sure that I tie a bow on this thing here. I've got six additional sales lessons or principles. Principles is what I called them last week that I've learned throughout the Bible. I hit a few of them last week. I've got six more for you guys today. So here it is. Listen more and talk less. Real basic. Sales 101. Listen more and talk less. There's a few scriptures I'll just hit specifically on this. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Some of us know some people like that. I know I do. It's like, okay, dude, I've heard you. You talk, 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 talk. If you're a salesperson, if you're looking to influence a situation, listen more and talk less. Proverbs 10 says that when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The main goal of any sales cycle, any sales process, the main goal is ultimately to sell our product or service, right? That's pretty obvious. But how we go about that is really, it's detrimental if someone will make that decision to buy or not based upon how much we're talking. We got to create an environment where they want what we have. So a sales cycle that's, first off, we have to be customer focused. I'm there to help. So the best way to achieve that is to ask questions. Be customer focused. And the only way that we do that is to listen to what they have to say. Pry open those questions. Ask open-ended questions That's going to allow them to express their opinion, to express, to like literally give you golden nuggets of what it is that they're actually looking for or what it is that they need. Then what you're going to be able to do is take that and produce a want for what they need. Because again, people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. But the only way you're going to understand this or extract this info is to know what is it that they need? What are they looking for in this situation? And that's by asking questions. Listen more and talk less. All right. Second one then that I have for today is maintain your reputation. This is so this is so key in any situation. And if you are true to the word of God, if you believe, if you have core values of honor, integrity, right, of excellence, this should be number one. This should be a no-brainer for you, but we got to uphold our reputations. Proverbs 22 again says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. There's so many just, speaking of gold, so many golden nuggets in Proverbs. As much as I like to give every business a fair chance and not prejudge them, the internet these days has review sites. It has all sorts of different independent third-party sites that reflects a company's reputation. So it's extremely important that we're operating in a manner of honor and integrity. 
and it can be extremely frustrating for people. So I want to give everybody a fair chance because I truly believe the only people that actually give reviews are usually the negative ones. Ash and I kind of, this is like our, our funny thing. Like she always looks at reviews on restaurants. I'm like, babe, when's the last time you went and gave a positive review on a restaurant that you ate at? I've never done it. Now, I maybe should because it would help them, but I've just, I've never done it, right? But if you have a negative experience, how quickly do you want to go leave a review and tell everybody about it? It's terrible, but that's what people do. That's what people do. So I don't, first off, I don't trust reviews of any of that sort because that's just somebody's opinion. And it could have been, you know, one server's bad day that just caused us, you know, some issue. So I, I'm going to give people a fair chance. That's just who I am and in my heart. Like, I want to give them a fair chance. But 99% of people out there aren't like that. They're going to judge you instantly. And some of it is based on, could be real information, but some of it's based on junk. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the internet is literally today's bathroom stall where you can literally write anything on there about anybody and it's up there. In fact, there's actually companies that that's how they make money is they produce false blogs of people and then they call you and say, hey, would you like to take this down? It's only going to cost you $15,000 and three grand a month. I've been there. I, it's, it's legal extortion is what it is, but it's what happens in the world today. So this is just so important to, to maintain your reputation, to uphold your reputation, because people are going to judge you instantly, instantly. And you want to at least have the ability to win people over. So if your reputation is poor, outward facing, you're not even going to get that chance to win them over. So uphold your reputation. Number three then today is we got to know our customer. Who is our true customer? And as I was like scanning the Bible of this, I'm like, okay, how do, what does this mean? Is this, first off, is this biblical? And I came across Matthew 22, 14. It says, for many are called but few are chosen. So I thought it was like, oh, interesting. Just like Jesus said in there, while it's all right for our marketing message, while it's all right for that to resonate with a lot of people, and I just equate this to like what he's even referring to here, like the gospel is everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. So if your product, if you have something out there where it's like, well, when I've, sometimes I consult and I'll ask people like, who needs your products? Like, well, it's for everybody. This would be perfect for everybody. It's like, well, we got to narrow that thing down a little bit. Because if you have a marketing message that's going to resonate with everybody, it's not going to resonate with anybody. We need to systematize this thing and narrow it down on who is our true customer. One of the reasons that entrepreneurs really struggle with selling or sales is because they're trying to sell to the wrong people. Because we're not going to convince somebody of something they don't want to do. I believe you're just you're just not going to do that. So it's better to focus on selling your product to somebody that understands, they come to the realization that they need this, whatever that is. So through this process, we want to essentially, in the sales world, to be called qualifying the lead. We want to make sure that I'm going to spend the time with the right people. And this is kind of funny from a marketing and sales standpoint of, of why the marketing department usually doesn't like the sales department and vice versa because they blame each other for their own faults, right? So I love having continuity from a, a sales process 
it starts with the marketing and there's continuity throughout the entire flow of this thing in order to get the end result, which is ultimately sales for your product or company. That's really what we consult on. But when we're narrowing down like who our true customer is, certainly we're going to start with that wide range. Like here's my potential customer. And then I'm going to start to narrow it down based upon the people that are saying yes and raising their hand that this is something that they're interested in. So especially if you're spending money on advertising, we want to make sure that you're spending that as wise as possible and you're investing that in a manner that's going to get that proper return on investment. All right, number four then, be convicted with what you're selling. I hit this last week, but I thought it was just like so important to bring this thing up again. You got to be sold on what you're selling. You got to be convicted. And the real reason is I found a few more scriptures that really back this thing up. Proverbs 12, says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Now, I know a lot of us have been burned or betrayed by people, some of us even friends and, and family members that have sold them a lie. They sell them something that wasn't true. And is at the end of the day, that's partly why we experience or why we have those feelings of frustration and you know maybe anger towards sales in general. We're going to allow that. That's going to happen. We're never going to not have that happen. But at the core of it, how we're going to be selling our products and our services is we're going to be confident in what we're selling. If we're confident, if we have that passion to provide a need to somebody, again, not a passion for the product or service that you're selling... If you have that, fantastic, and you can monetize that, wonderful, but it doesn't have to be, right? I've talked about one of my first companies was selling insulation. Insulation. Do you guys have an understanding of how much passion, how excited I got about selling insulation? Zero, literally zero. It's hard to get excited about that, but my passion was I knew that I was providing a need for people, and I knew that I would be blessed when I sold that. So have a good product, have a good service, whatever that is, and be confident in that. Whatever you do, make sure that you're confident in what your offer actually is. All right, number five then, we got to sell the result or really the transformation. Sell that transformation. So I was thinking about this and, and, and how this relates to scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. One of the most effective principles here is selling the change, selling that transformation that occurs after a result, after the product or the service is sold. Or if you've heard us talk before, it's, we're talking always talking about what's the benefit, the benefit of the benefit of the benefit. That's what we want to talk about from our marketing standpoint, not the features, Right. If we go back to that scripture, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. It wasn't like I will give you a comfy chair to sit down in and you know it's going to have massage jets and different things like that. Like, no, 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 no. I will give you rest. That's the transformation. By coming to him, we will experience rest. So don't be talking about the features. Talk about the transformation that they're going to get once they experience that product or that service that you're selling. You guys with me on this? Okay. So the transformation is one thing and the features or excuse me, the benefits are going to be what allow us to relay or have people understand that true transformation. That's the reason that they're going to buy. 
They need to feel that what we talked about last week, the emotion that we're pulling out of them, that's what they're going to feel. It's not what they're going to get. It's what they're going to feel when they buy that product or service. Okay. So number six, then last one I got for you today is in this process, we can't be manipulative. Do not be pushy. Do not be manipulative in this process. While you may have a a short period of like, I made a sale, I can promise you it's not going to be long lasting. Romans 16, 18 says, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. We got to give our prospects the freedom to be able to say no. If it's not a good fit for them, we're not going to manipulate them or still make them buy it because we've got some sales pressure tactic that we're going to use on them. Our job is simply we're going to create that environment that gives them the ability to make the best decision for themselves. The best decision for themselves. Nobody wants to be sold anything, but everybody wants to buy. So I want to put myself in a position that I have the greatest product or the greatest service. And if it is the best decision for them, I'm going to be right there with it on a golden platter. Nobody likes that pushy salesman. So don't be that guy. Okay, recap real quick, guys. Listen more, talk less. Uphold that reputation. Most importantly, act with that honor and that integrity. Know who your customer is. Really dial that down so you can create the marketing message that's going to speak directly to them. And then again, be convicted with what you're selling. Have like a, such a, an enthusiasm that we talked about last week. Have that enthusiasm that they need this product. So you should be the one to sell it to them, right? Nobody else. And then if we're doing that, we're going to sell them the transformation of what they're going to experience once they get that product or that service. And then the last one is just don't be manipulative. Don't be that type of salesperson. That's not something that God's going to bless long-term here. This is about kingdom at the core of it with what we're building. And we're creating that environment that people want what we have. So again, we are all in sales. Do not let your self-limiting beliefs or other people's self-limited beliefs, do not let that stop you from being the best version of you, your greatness. That's what this is. Everybody in here is in sales. And remember, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. Our job is simply to create the environment that allows them to make the best decision for themselves. Lastly, guys, I'm going to end with this, is that there's, there's so much money to go around. Okay, there's, there's plenty of money to go around. So you not letting yourself make it doesn't save any more for anybody else. You not letting yourself make money doesn't save more for anybody else, just as you making it doesn't take it away from them. See you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.